We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to Pop Torah with Rabbi Iznopf and Olitsky, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Pop Torah, the podcast where we look at pop culture from a Jewish perspective and look at Judaism through the lens of pop culture. As always, we are your hosts. I am Rabbi Michael Knopf. And I am Rabbi Jesse Olitsky. I am in my reputation era. Oh, that's so good. I'm in my red era. Uh, and of course, as you can tell uh, from that introduction, we are talking today about Taylor Swift's Eras Tour, uh, both the uh, live experience uh, um, uh, of her worldwide tour uh, and the uh, film version, uh, which uh, is in theaters now. Uh, full disclosure, uh, Jesse got a chance to see Taylor. Uh, Taylor live uh, in, where was it, New York? Uh, In New Jersey. In Jersey, okay. Full full disclosure, the best night of my life. That's that's Taylor's version of New York. Uh, (laughs) uh, And and I uh, did not, unfortunately, get a chance to see the show live, uh, but I did get a chance to experience the uh, film version uh, just the other day. Uh, So we have, uh, you also saw the film version, yeah? I did. Okay, all right. So we have uh, different experiences to talk about, but uh, but also a lot of love for Taylor Swift uh, and a lot of Torah to talk about with Taylor Swift. So Jesse, you want to catch us up on the premise of the Eras Tour, the experience of the Eras Tour? Uh, sure. Uh, for for those of you who are uh, pop Torah, uh, what what do we call our fans? Pop Torah uh, heads, poppies, poppies, sure. Uh, that you'll know that we had a previous episode about Miss Americana, the Netflix documentary, uh, uh, Taylor Swift documentary that came out when her Lover album came out. That's really when I would say Mike and I became Swifties back in 2019. Um, I really became a a Swiftie and did my deep dive uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. And it was something that my daughter and I would listen to uh, every every night together together. I actually, she became bat mitzvah this past week. And uh, thank you. We danced together to Taylor Swift. I gave her a blessing uh, on the Bima with uh, Taylor Swift references. Subtle enough that if you were Swifty, you would get. And if you weren't, you would have no idea what I was talking about. Um, But the Eras tour really became. It is is not lost on me. I appreciate uh, that. That uh, bat mitzvah or bar mitzvah happens at 13, which just so happens to be a certain singer's favorite number. (laughs) Um, there, uh, the Eras tour became a phenomenon for uh, a number of reasons. First and foremost, Taylor was supposed to have her Lover Fest uh, concert tour in 2020. That was, was that uh, what the tour was going to be called? Lover Fest. Lover Fest. It was. It was response to the Lover album. I, uh, I will say. I will say this. Okay. Uh, to quote uh, Liz Lemon from Thirty Rock. Um, the word lover bums me out unless it's between the words meat and pizza. I don't know what to do with that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, because of COVID, that did not happen. And then she released two su- 
surprise albums during COVID, uh, Folklore, and then Evermore, uh, albums that really focus on more storytelling in her music, more folk music. Uh, and then uh, about a year ago, she came out with her Midnight's album. Uh, so the lead to the Eras tour was that usually, you know, she goes on tour after she releases a new album. They, these were four albums that um, uh, she had never toured and, and sung the songs live. Additionally, uh, she had uh, in the middle of the tour, she had come out with uh, Speak Now, Taylor's version, her re-recording of Speak Now. She was in the process. Uh, she has since uh, just a couple of weeks ago came out with 1989 Taylor's version. And so there was a lot of, of music for her, her to sing. And um, each segment of the concert was a different era where she was singing songs from a different album. I had never been to a uh, stadium concert this large before. I've been to, you know, concerts at MSG indoor arenas. Uh, I had been to a concert once, the Hot 97 Summer Jam. I've been to at, at Giant Stadium. But at uh, this is my first stadium concert, MetLife Stadium. So to be at a concert with 75,000 Swifties, uh, the concert had no intermission. It was three hours long. And Taylor kept singing. The costumes were phenomenal. The choreography and the stage setup was phenomenal. Uh, and uh, everybody in the stadium was standing and singing every word for three hours. I wore a uh, pink sequined sparkly shirt. Uh, along with a pink trucker hat with a heart on it. Cause Why I didn't you wear up... anything different than usual for the concert? I know. Well, I dress up in the lover era. I'm now more back into my, my reputation era now. I may be wearing a little black and white uh, the next time. Uh, but then we transition to this concert uh, film, right? This concert film, which came out in October, is incredible because uh, it was everybody who wanted to go to the concert who couldn't go to the concert, they were able to have the experience of the concert. And the same thing that was happening at the concerts was happening in the film. People were dressing up in outfits in their uh, era of choice. They were making friendship bracelets and trading friendship bracelets. There are videos on social media of them getting up in the aisle and dancing uh, during certain songs. And so it was really meant for people who uh, wanted to relive the concert experience or couldn't uh, go to the concert to be able to still experience that. Uh, and uh, to this day, um, the, the, the concerts... It, film, the Aristore concert film, uh, is the most successful uh, concert film in history, right? That it's um, to this day has collected uh, over $150 million domestically, more than $200 million globally. Uh, my understanding, according to CNBC, is that it's the highest grossing domestic and global concert film release. It only uh, is just behind Michael Jackson's This Is It, which was more of a concert documentary film. Uh, if I uh, had any negative reviews of the film... It's that I, I sort of like the documentary aspect. When we watch Miss Americana, I like the the performances, but I also liked the interviews. I like the background of that. And um, that's something that I am uh, was missing in this. This was basically you're watching the concert from start to finish. Uh, Beyonce has a concert film it's coming out of the same exact thing. Uh, because I saw the concert live, I did not feel the same excitement watching the film version of the concert. Um, but I loved it nonetheless because, you know, it's Taylor. 
Right. So I did not get a chance to see the concert. Uh, uh, Richmond was not a stop on uh, Taylor's tour. I'll I'll, uh, I'll 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 write a letter. Uh, but they they, uh, they were choosing you know different stadiums. I'm surprised they did not choose the Richmond Braves. <laughs> the Richmond Braves no longer exist. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the Rich, the Richmond uh, Flying Squirrels. Flying Squirrels. That's right. So, uh, and not affiliated with the Braves franchise anymore. We're we're now for reasons that I don't know. Uh, we are a double A affiliate of the San Francisco Giants. But in any case, uh, I did not get a chance to see the live show. So I actually really appreciated the fact that the film was just a film version of the concert and not a larger concert documentary. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, a year from now we get a uh, Eras Tour documentary uh, like Miss Americana, uh, in part because there are people like yourself who who have uh, asked for it. I certainly will watch it uh, when it comes out. But I really appreciated just being able to see the concert that I wasn't otherwise able to see, but which uh, struck me as kind of like one of the major pop culture events of definitely the year, if not the last many years. Uh, so I, I appreciate that. And and also, you know, I'm I'm old, Jesse. Uh, I I do not love the idea of being in a seventy-five thousand uh, person stadium uh, at the moment. Like that's a, it's oh, not, it was the best like, when that first bridge of Cruel Summer came on. It was the best. No, I so I, you could tell. You can tell from the from the film how powerful the experience was live, and that's saying something. I think that that it's communicated uh, even through the film. I also, uh, but uh, you know, that, that that's just you know my my thing is like I you know I got uh, you know I got to be with a hundred people rather than seventy five thousand. Um, I you know I got to be in a in a in a comfy seat rather than a stadium seat. I didn't have to wait in any lines. Uh, um, you know I did whatever. Uh, it was. Uh, uh, it was uh, a, a very pleasant experience uh, in that way, um, but it doesn't have. You're right. The 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 full emotional impact of being uh, in in a live show that was you know clearly communicated uh, through the screen, which is something that I think is worth noting about uh, Taylor's uh, uh, artistry um, is that she has this incredible ability, and you can see this through the screen. This incredible ability to uh, to to make a seventy five thousand person concert feel like an intimate experience, um, uh, which is really extraordinary. I mean, the 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 closest analog that I can come to that is is Springsteen, um, and uh, and I, you know I've seen Springsteen stadium shows too, and I think Springsteen has a similar kind of ability with his fans. Maybe we'll you know look back uh, in in a, in a number of years and say that you know Taylor is this era's uh, Springsteen uh, could could well be, um, and you know certainly that's something that that is also true of Springsteen uh, is the the sheer stamina, uh, physical stamina of you know playing for three hours or or more uh, um, with that kind of you know intensity um, is is really amazing and and you know on top of it you know Taylor had choreography uh, costume changes I- I'm amazed. Uh, by the 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 speed at which she was able to do those costume changes, uh, you know, some of them you could see the seams, right, uh, literally or figuratively. But some of them, it's just like, how the heck did she do that so fast? It was or amazing. when she jumps in the stage, that yeah, looks very like she's cool. Swimming, um, and you know, and, and part of that for me was, I you know, I, I found myself at in moments wondering, you know, was you know, was the live experience 
similar to this? What did they add, you know, in sort of CGI or whatever uh, in the in, in the film experience, like like the, the, the reputation snake? Um, I, I had a I wondered, you know, what that looked like live as opposed to what it looked like on the screen. Um, uh, I will say that reputation um, is not my favorite of the Taylor eras. Um, uh, that was a, a, a moment for, uh, some of my kids, uh, to take bathroom breaks in, in the three hour film. Um, also, uh, I did love, especially during the pandemic, Everlore and folklore, Evermore and folklore. Um, uh, I would say, and I thought that the stage, uh, the staging of those albums, those eras, uh, was beautiful. Uh, and some of the songs are really beautiful. Um, it was not the high point to me of the of, of the live show. Uh, and that was also bathroom breaks for uh, some of my uh, smaller bladdered kids. Um, I think all in all, uh, I uh, escorted about 10 different bathroom breaks during the course of the three plus hours of, of movie. It's a long uh, concert. It's a long concert. Um, but uh, but uh, but even pro, even my six pro, even- pro tip at the concert itself because the lines were not long for the men's room uh, at the, the change uh, prior to uh, you know, the, the change to red, because you couldn't miss um, um, you know, the, the all too well, all too well, 10 minute version, Taylor's version. Uh, My daughter came in the men's room with me. She was mortified, but there was no line. Yeah. Um, So, you know, and I I will say, um, uh, uh, you know about this is uh um you know your daughter my daughter uh friends of the show um and uh uh, uh i and you and i actually i think you know uh, uh became swifties um maybe independent of our of our daughters you know we we uh, uh did an episode a, a couple of years back on on miss americana um, that was really before my daughter, at least, had really started to listen to Taylor. She may have been aware of Taylor Swift, but before I think she was really a, a, a Swifty. Um, and now my daughter is, and that's an incredible thing for me is to be able to share um, to, to to share that experience with her and to share uh, my fandom with with her, and for her to be able willing <laughs> to share her fandom with me um, is is really great. Uh, I. You know, I, I I remember a time where um, uh, it was I don't know decidedly not cool to like the same music as your parents, uh, and it may well be that eventually that's you know that's that's in my future. Uh, but right now, um, you know, there is a a lot of um, a lot of uh, Ladorvador uh, uh, to this for me of of being able to say like this is something that that both of us love in different ways for different reasons on different levels and some very similar ones. Um, and that we get to, uh, uh, share that experience, share that love together, um, uh, explore and, and dig into what, uh, Taylor's music, uh, means to us. Um, I, 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 I found myself moved in many moments, uh, in the, in, in the movie, um, in part because of sitting next to my daughter um, and uh, and 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 seeing her be moved by it in some places similarly, in some places different. And you, you know, after the concert, all all my daughter thought about leading up to the concert was the concert, and then after the concert, all she could think about was, "I can't believe the concert's over," uh, and I, you know, I can't believe it's over. I want to do this again. What do you think it is that led to this moment? Um, I I would you know suggest um 
that uh, Taylor Swift is the most talented musician of the 21st century. Um, and I know that that is a, a tall uh, title to give her, um, but uh, it's not necessarily about her, her musical talents or her writing ability or her performing ability, but it's a combination of it all and her success that brings people to a level of obsession, um, myself included. Uh, what do you think uh, is the cause for that excitement and that obsession? It's a, it's a great question. I, I think there's a. I, I would just quibble with it. I I find you know uh, those uh, those those kinds of rankings to be somewhat uh, arbitrary. Um, and you know, is is Taylor a more talented musician than Beyonce? Just to give one example, um, they they have. I, I would say more successful. Uh, well, I, and and I actually don't know if that's you know in success by which measure. You know, I think anyway. I, I personally. You know, I um, uh, I think that we're in uh, an era now. You know, this this sort of you know postmodern pluralistic era uh, in which we can you know recognize the greatness of different musicians of different genres and uh, uh, you know for for different reasons without necessarily feeling like we have to uh, rank them. But in but in any case, I, um, uh, I you know I think there's a few things. You know, the first is um, she is an honest songwriter. Uh, and, and that I think is really compelling and really powerful. And that's rare, I think in, uh, in pop music, right. So that, that she's, uh, um, uh, willing to kind of put her heart out there, um, uh, with very, and, and sort of trust that those experiences are going to be relatable to people, which they, which they, you know, most certainly are. Um, I, you know, like I said, you know, my, my era, the one that my uh, daughter made me a bracelet for. Uh, I, I wanted it to be 1989, uh, but uh, but she didn't have numbers uh, for uh, bead like beads with numbers on it. So so I said, okay, my second choice is red. Um, and you know, I I uh, find all too well to be um, an incredibly powerful and moving song, even if it's you know uh, some people might say it's it's now overplayed, but it's but it's just an amazing piece of songwriting. Um, and it, it sort of like breaks my heart open every time I, I hear it. Um, and that's actually what I wore to the concert, by the way, is, uh, um, a, a t-shirt that said, where's the scarf, Jake? Um, <laughs> so that's, that was my red era. Um, uh, but Jake but John it, Hall, the worst. <laughs> but it but it resonates uh, so deeply. Her her songwriting is, writing resonates so deeply. So I think that that's one is the and and that I think is is Torah of Taylor Swift and and why the Torah is and Jewish tradition is so enduring because it it speaks I think with honesty um, about uh, about about the human experience in in ways that you can resonate with and grow with in different ways like the you know what I hear in all too well is different than what my. 11 year old hears an all too well, um, but we both love it and can both appreciate it and both resonate with it for in different ways for different reasons. She has different songs that that hit her in the feels the way that song does that don't hit me in the same way. But but anyways, it's that it's that relatability. I think that that, that that's really uh, it, uh, powerful. The second is uh, and that's actually actually something, you know, uh, that that's additionally relatable about about Taylor um, is um, that she uh uh, still, I think, even though she is, you know, arguably the biggest star in the world or one of the biggest stars in the world, she still feels like a normal person. Um, uh, that's in part because of her songwriting and how vulnerable she's willing to make herself in her songwriting. Thank God for her. Nobody would care about Travis Kelsey. 
<laughs> That's true. Uh, and, right. You know, we, we see her date, you know, uh, we, we, we've seen her grow up. Um, uh, she's, you know, she's been willing to, to reveal herself in that way. She's vulnerable, you know, uh, in life and, and on the stage. Um, she, she, as opposed to someone like Beyonce, who has a very sort of like goddess, you know, uh, uh, biggest star in the universe, as Beyonce herself says, right? Alien superstar kind of persona. That's not Taylor's vibe. Um, so in that way, I think she is kind of like Springsteen. Um, Springsteen is also, or at least in the 20th century, was one of the biggest stars in the world. He's still uh, incredible and, and and still one of the biggest stars in the world. Um, but I think one of the things that resonates so well with, with Bruce Springsteen is that he always presented like an everyman. And in fact, that's one of the reasons why he like went into a quasi retirement for, for some time was he realized that his uh, stardom got in the way of his being able to be relatable to people. And he felt like he couldn't, you know, uh, pretend to be, a, you know, a Joe Sixpack uh, while also pulling in, you know, multi-million dollar uh, figures on album sales and concerts every year. Um, we'll see. That, I don't know. I mean, Taylor's obviously going a different direction, at, at least right now. Um, but but I think that that's that's another uh, reason for her uh, for her um, uh, prominence. And the, and the final thing I'll say uh, but that, that's also, I think, you know, uh, de demonstrable and like she's she God bless her for the choreography in her show. But she's not a dancer, you know, and she, you know, which which is what I love. Right. Yeah. So she, she she's silly and and, and awkward. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she owns it. Right. She owns it. Um, you know, she's like, I'm going to dance. I'm not going to be the best dancer, but I'm going to dance. And, and and I think that people appreciate that about her. And, I, and that's something I appreciate about her too. And, and then and then the final thing, which is, you know, kind of reflected in this notion of it being the Eras tour. Um, and this is something, again, that's really unique, I think, for, uh, for, for pop stars, um, is that she is uh, committed to, um, to doing different things. I'm sure that the pressure was uh, extremely high on her to stay in her, you know, uh, original, you know, country pop starlet box that where, where she, you know, first rose to fame. And she was unwilling to do that. Um, she wanted to, you know, explore different genres and, and do different things. Not all of them are, you know, hit for me at the same level. Um, uh, but, uh, but, but the fact that she's, you know, not willing to, uh, to, to be boxed in, um, and, uh, and, and is willing to experiment. I think that a lot of people really appreciate that and, and resonate with that. And again, to go to her, uh, authenticity, you know, she says again, you know, there's some, some kind of performative, performative authenticity too. So maybe I'm a little cynical, but she says in, in the concert, or at least in the movie version of the concert, like, you know, uh, I appreciate you, my fans, because you've been willing to let me um, experiment. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, I've been doing different things and you've been very gracious in, in coming. And I think that some of that is definitely authentic to her. You know, I mean, like the, some of that's fan service, but but some of that I think is really authentic is that I think she really genuinely appreciates the fact that her fans have stuck with her, despite the fact that she's, you know, kind of gone, you know, zigs and zags. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's true. We also we saw when we reviewed the Miss Americana um, documentary on Netflix that uh, she became political, right? She spoke mm -hmm. about voting 
Uh, she spoke up against uh, Marshall Blackburn running for Senator Nashville. She started advocating more for the LGBTQ community. Um, and so she's really using uh, her voice uh, to speak to to her fans. And I see in some ways Taylor is a way to bring a diverse group of fans together. Uh, Mike, you and I are rabbis. Uh, so I've been told. And um, we are talking Torah. It's, so I've been it's, told. It's an era. Um, when you think of the era's tour, um, how do you, I mean, uh, certainly I, I talked Taylor Swift in the high holidays, any way to bring in a little bit of, of Taylor to Torah, bring people into the conversation of Torah, but, but is there a connection that you can make between the phenomenon that is the era's tour and the Jewish community and the communities that we're trying to build? Uh, yeah, it's a really great question. So I've, I've been thinking about this. I mean, the first is, uh, you know, I, I, I think that you, uh, I, I think that you hit it about uh, community. And I think that uh, uh, Taylor uh, has um, this uh, uh, amazing gift um, of being able to, you know, build community through her music. Um, I think that, um, you know, as I said before, you know, it's not every kind of artist who is able to turn a 75,000 person stadium uh, into something that feels really intimate. Um, and, and, and I think that that's something, you know, that, uh, that, that uh, rabbis in the Jewish community uh, can and should uh, learn from um, is that, you know, first of all, uh, you know, large gatherings uh, uh, don't need to be, there doesn't need to be a, uh, a distinction between quantity and quality, right? You can, uh, you can have, you know, a, a massive, uh, uh, groups of people coming together and still have the capacity for actually bringing them together, for facilitating relationships between them, for making everybody feel like seen and heard uh, and welcome. That's something that I think is is really uh, powerful in uh, Taylor's approach. Is that you know because uh, she she you know she um, at least presents as somebody who like you know because she's willing to be vulnerable herself, she sees her fans uh, for their, for their individuality. That's a part of how you build community, I think is, you know, not uh, being unwilling to just see people as a, as, as a number. And I, I resist all the time, you know, uh, uh, to, you know, sometimes to the great consternation of uh, some of my uh, lay people, you know, the, the impulse to say, you know, how many people were there? And say like that to me is, you know, I, I stop, I don't count. Uh, that to me is like not the question. The question is like, what's the experience of the people who are there, uh, and um, and 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 you know, uh, uh, how meaningful was that experience to them? How seen were they? How connected were they to uh, to to what was going on and to one another? Um, and that's something that can happen with ten people, right? Can happen with two people. It can happen with. 2,000 people, 200,000 people, right? So the, the numbers are to me less interesting um, than, the, than the quality of the experience. So I think that that's something to me um, that Taylor reflects. The second is um, it's gotta be real. It's gotta be authentic. Um, you know, I think that people can can tell when when a, an artist is faking. Um, and that's, you know, that to me, like Taylor's eras are, are work because they're not, you know, cynical exercises in you know a uh, pop metamorphosis right um and uh and they're they're really sort of uh at least she uh, 
presents them as like authentic expressions of like who she is and what she's going through in that particular moment. I mean, that's especially true with, you know, folklore and evermore um, where, you know, uh, this was her kind of, you know, living through the pandemic Um, and, uh, and, and then talking about what it was like to live through the pandemic. um, She did it in kind of creative ways and, and took a left turn in terms of her songwriting um, and used characters and stories that she experimented with different things, but it was, but it was real to her. And, and I think that that's something that has been uh, missing, I think, a lot for uh, uh, certainly uh, liberal Judaism uh, in the 20th and even 21st century um, is a, a Judaism that's, you know, much more of the head than the heart and the soul. Um, and that, uh, that, that often, you know, doesn't recognize or speak to uh, real people's lived experiences um, and, and in which rabbis uh, often are unwilling or afraid to uh, to like actually uh, uh, talk about uh, Torah and tradition um, uh, uh, in a way that 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 reveals uh, why these things are relevant to them and resonant for the people who are who are there. And then the final thing is, you know, that that part of that authenticity um, is to is to say, you know, um, it's not just about the music that I'm providing you, the service that I'm providing you, the entertainment I'm providing you. Like, if you want to know about me, you also have to know that I care about the wider world in which I live, right? And I think that often, too often, uh, 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 congregations and Jewish communities um, are are um, uh, too timid and, and unwilling to do that to our detriment. Um, uh, we, you know, in, insofar as we might be engaged in in the, you know, in in the wider community in which we're situated, in the wider world in which we're involved, um, is you know primarily about how we relate to the larger Jewish community or to Israel, and those things are important, um, but but uh, are too small for what it means to be a Jewish. Per- I think it's too small for what it meant to be a Jewish person ever, but certainly too small for what it means to be a Jewish person in the 21st century. You know, I think there's anything that this past um, month plus, right, since October 7th has reminded me uh, in grieving for what's happening in Israel is that part of what it means to be a Jew is that you are part of something larger than yourself. Um, that that's, uh, I asked some, you know, I had a conversation with somebody who was interested in conversion um, and after October 7th, they realized that they wanted to become Jewish and they had, were hesitant about it because they struggled their, with their relationship with God. And what I explained is that Judaism is just as much about peoplehood as it is about religion, right? Most Jews, myself included, wrestle with, with our relationship with God on a regular basis. Um but uh, it's just as much about feeling a sense of peoplehood and a sense of belonging. And at times, uh, some of us feel inside that tent and feel a sense of warmth inside that tent. Some of us feel outside that tent. Um, and um, I, I hate to make an analogy between uh, a, 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 a pop concert and the the response after tragedy and trauma, but I think the analogy holds in that both is a feeling of wanting to belong and, and, and inclusion. The way my heart uh, and stomach and gut was tied in knots um, 
uh, after uh, October 7th uh, because they felt pain. Uh, I don't agree with Netanyahu or his government. Um, I I was celebrating the weekly uh, protests in Tel Aviv and Kaplan Street for uh, 10 months, you know, protesting to save democracy. Um, but my 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 heart um, was in pain um, because of my connection to Jewish peoplehood, because of my connection to Am Yisrael, to uh, Eretz Israel to Medinat Israel, and, and I think um, the desire for being included uh, in is really what stuck out to me with the Eretz tour. Right, it was a set, wanting to to have a sense of belonging. It was a relationship that when you saw somebody else wearing a friendship bracelet, you had that relationship. It was people who couldn't get tickets but would still go to the parking lot outside the concert. Uh, arena outside the stadium to hear the songs, even though you couldn't see the stage. And it's still a desire to be included and a desire to belong. Uh, and I think about the Jewish people at this um, pivotal, pivotal moment. Uh, the Jewish people have always been a people of wanderers. Um, and it's only in this past century, both because of Israel but also uh, the 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 success of Jews in this country since I would say uh, midway through the 20th century that um, the the sense of being a wanderer uh, we've taken for granted and our our own privilege taken for granted uh, has not had to focus on that yet. It's a reminder that at the end of the day uh, we still understand who we are and, and still yearn to be with those who are part of our, our people. Um, and that sense of connection, that sense of community, um, going to a, a, by the time this episode drops, it will be after the fact, but I'm going to a rally in DC, uh, for, for Israel, um, with, uh, hundreds of thousands of other Jews and hopefully uh, those outside the Jewish faith, um, not necessarily because I'm going to agree with everything that every speaker says, um, but because uh, I yearn for that sense of peoplehood and belonging and united in peoplehood. I yearn for that. I, I feel that with rising anti-Semitism, I yearn for that uh, as I grieve the the fourteen hundred plus slaughtered by Hamas, uh, and again, it's a failed uh, connection between Taylor Swift and, and the sense of Jewish peoplehood. But I think it speaks to the desire to feel like you belong. And at the end of the day, that's what our synagogues need to do. But our synagogues need to be successful on helping people feel like they belong. Um, not creating barriers for admission or barriers for inclusion or barriers for participation, but help people feel like they belong. Well, so there's two things that I want to pull out uh, from from that. The first is, you know, and, I, and again, I think this is expressed in in the you know in, in the nature of the era's tour itself. I mean, and how the fans uh, interacted with it and related to it is that you don't necessarily have to resonate with all of Taylor's eras, right? To, uh, to to feel like you had a place in that show that you belong. You don't even need to necessarily be a Taylor super fan to to feel like you had a place, you know, in that in that concert and, and that you belong. So my I was going to say before my my six year old, um, in part because 
uh, he's, you know, he's a little contrarian and uh, I have three kids. And so he'll always stake out the most uh, extreme and unpopular position in order to make sure that he is uh, seen and heard in the house. Uh, and so my uh, 11 year old and, and eight year old do are Taylor Swift fans. Uh, and so uh, my six year old uh, decidedly uh, and vocally is not a Swift fan, uh, at least in this moment. But he went to the uh, show because we didn't want to like get a babysitter to be able to go to see uh, the Eras tour movie. Um, and the plan was for him to like sit and watch a show on his iPad during the movie with headphones on. Um, but for a good portion of the movie, he took the headphones off and put the iPad down and watched and enjoyed the movie because uh, I think one of the powerful things about uh, what what Taylor is able to accomplish and, and the power of her music and, and her persona um, is that uh, is that even people who are uh, who are on the outside um, can feel connected to what she's doing and can resonate with it in their own way and can feel welcome into it. Um, even if it's not totally their thing, um, which I think is, in, which is, which is really powerful. And, you know, and, and, you know, like, like for me, you know, the reputation era is not my favorite Taylor era. Um, and I, you know, and I, I like folklore and evermore. It wasn't my favorite part of the stage show. Um, uh, you know, some of her, uh, uh, oldest, you know, kind of country eras, um, are, are also, you know, they're, they're, they're sort of, to me, a mixed bag and, um, and I, and I can kind of take them or leave them, but, um, sometimes. Uh, but but the fact that I you know resonate with some of uh, Taylor's catalog over uh, other pieces and still could feel like I was wholeheartedly welcomed in that space um, was you know something that I think that the Jewish community can can learn from. We don't often do a great job, and I think that that it's uh, um, particularly true and challenging when it comes to Israel too, because we do have a, a, a wide diversity of uh, feelings and, and opinions in our community when it comes to uh, uh, our relationship to the state of Israel. Um, and yet I don't think that the Jewish community by and large, especially the, the more established uh, parts of the Jewish community by and large, do a great job of, of uh, recognizing um, and affirming that you can be a valued part of the Jewish community, um, even if you don't uh, toe the party line when it comes to your relationship to the state of Israel. Um, so I think that that's a, 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 a major challenge and it's, a, I think, to me, an exacerbated challenge um, in, in this uh, in this particular moment. Mike, I appreciate um, what you said, right, that you can enjoy the era's tour without enjoying every era. Um, although I don't know how you, you know, didn't weren't spiritually moved um, during Don't Blame Me. Uh, right. That that's I, I felt like I was at church or, or shul, I guess I should say. Um, but uh but I, but I hear what you're saying, right? And at this time, um, you know, talking more about peoplehood, talking more about belonging, it's a sense uh, and a desire um, to feel a unity, right? I, I, I think I, I always, right, we were always taught that the Jewish people are amechadim levechad, one people with one heart. Um, and I think for most of my adult life, that has been uh, nothing but further from the truth. Um, and I, I think uh, we could have one heart and multiple minds, um, but we be reminded that, um, uh, especially at a time of un, uh, unknown, um, a, a time of fear and anxiety and, and uh, grief, uh, to be reminded that we are one people 
um, and that uh, we are connected and united as one people, uh, that experience is what moves me most. Uh, maybe that's what I take away from this concert phenomenon is the desire to be part of a people, part of a movement, a sense of belonging, uh, despite sometimes our, our thoughts and our differences um, that, that we are, that, that we belong. The other thing I want to say about about this, you know, is something that the Jewish community can and, and should learn from uh, from from Taylor, and particularly the the Eras tour, um, is uh, uh, how accessible and democratic the uh, experience is. So the tour itself uh, was very hard. You know, first of all, it wasn't in every city, right? My my city included, uh, and it was uh, beyond that. Even if it was in a city where you lived, very hard to get a ticket to. And very expensive to get a ticket to, um, especially if you wanted a good ticket, uh, and uh, and so that obviously uh, is a, a major barrier for 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 access and, and entry. Um, and and so I think what you know what uh, what what Taylor did by uh, making a film version of it and making the kind of film version she made of it, right? Not like a documentary about the concert, but actually the concert itself enabled first of all people who weren't able to go the opportunity to uh, to participate. Um, for, you know, it, it cost me, you know, whatever it was, you know, $12 for a matinee ticket at my local theater. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, I could, I could go in an affordable way in a place where I could get to, uh, and, 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 you know, and, and get a ticket to, uh, something that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to experience. And I think that that's really important. And I think that very often, um, that we, we, we put up all sorts of barriers, uh, to participation and, and belonging within Jewish community, among them uh, financial barriers and among them access barriers. Uh, I think that one thing that we, you know, realize at least for a, a, a moment within the COVID era um, is that we we had the capacity to enable people to engage with Jewish community, Jewish life, Jewish meaning uh, in in different ways, um, and to open up the experience to people who may not have otherwise uh, participated or new ways for people who otherwise were participating. Um, and one of the things that's maybe a little bit sad um, is how quickly we've snapped back. Uh, to kind of old patterns of of doing, or that I, that I experience us as having snapped back to old patterns of thinking and old old models of doing things that say, you know, uh, only one type of belonging counts, only one type of uh, participation counts, um, only one type of experience counts, um, and we, you know, uh, have moved away from those more sort of uh, 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 you know multi access. Uh, uh, avenues into Jewish community, I think, to our detriment. I also uh, appreciate what you were saying, right? That's about accessibility. Mm -hmm. um, for many, Jewish community is, um, uh, there's a financial barrier to participation, right? A financial barrier to Jewish education, to synagogue involvement, to Jewish camping, to Jewish schools, to kashrut, um, to living an active and observant Jewish life. Um, and if you saw what the third-party resale was or the disaster that was Ticketmaster when you're trying to get your heirs ticket, heirs tour tickets, uh, you saw the difficulty. Uh, now, seeing the heirs tour concert movie was not the same for me as seeing the concert. Um, but it did address accessibility. And I appreciate that. And part of our task as rabbis, our task as leaders, is to find ways to make Jewish life, Jewish living, and Jewish community 
more accessible uh, and more inclusive so that we lower the barriers to participation, including uh, the financial barrier, which for some uh, may be the most difficult barrier to overcome. I, I think that that's a, a really great uh, point and, and a really uh, great challenge uh, for us to, uh, to, to end on. So, um, I guess, uh, Jesse, you, you have, uh, uh, staked your ground on the reputation era. You've staked your reputation on the reputation era. Um, well, well, my favorite era is the lover era, but I've really come around to the, the reputation era. Um, I've been listening a lot since the summer to speak now Taylor's version and have a new appreciation of speak now as well. Great. So what, what, uh, what would you like to see Taylor do next? Where where do you hope she she goes? What's her next era? I don't know. You know, I, I was of course torn into pieces when uh, uh, it came out in in the spring that that she uh, broke up with her boyfriend, and yet selfishly I was like, wow, can't wait for the album. Can't wait for the songs that talk about that breakup. So I'm just excited for whatever music she comes out with next. Yeah, me too. And I think that that's, you know, something that uh, that the Jewish community can can also learn from, right, is that uh, um, just because we did something a particular way in the past um, doesn't mean uh, that it's what we need to do in, in the future. Um, and, and in fact, we, we you know, we should uh, craft uh, experiences and communities that are authentic uh, to you know the people we serve and to ourselves, uh, and recognize that that is changing, maybe even more rapidly nowadays than in previous eras of Jewish history too. And to not be afraid to do something different tomorrow than what we did today, even if it is uh, surprising to uh, to to people, even if it you know takes a left turn, um, uh, you know we should re- religion should be surprising. Uh, sometimes, right? Uh, religion should, uh, to borrow, you said go to church, so I'll borrow some Christian language too, right? Re- religion should uh, offer us a, 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 you know, God should be doing new things uh, in, uh, in in our lives, right? We should be singing a new song uh, uh, to God, uh, you know, as, as, as time goes on. Um, and we should be unafraid of, uh, as we embrace our, our past, um, to to uh, still and we can we can honor and cherish where we've been, but to say you know uh, in in this next era we're going to sing a new song. Amen. All right. Well, uh, let us know what you thought of the era's tour, the era's tour uh, movie, uh, what your era is, what era you'd like to see Taylor uh, embrace next, uh, and as always. Uh, please uh, rate and review us wherever you get your podcast so that more people can join in our conversation. Uh, but until next time, uh, I am Rabbi Michael Knopf. And I am Rabbi Jesse Olitsky. And look what you made me do.